everybody. What's up? What's up? I'm Coach Whitney. And I am Trainer Travis. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> and as you guys know, or if you've been watching us for a while, you know, and if you haven't, welcome. Uh, but we are the co-owners of Life Addict Studio in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It is a semi-private training facility where we help high performers uh, simplify healthy living so that they can live their most active, energetic, and enjoyable life. And here, we take our take on life, we take moments to have conversations that further help simplify healthy living to make sure that you are empowered on your own healthy lifestyle journey. So yes. let's get into today. As you see, we have the lovely Dr. Denny here again today. Yes. Um, for those of you who are new, uh, Carrie Denny is a doctor of naturopathic medicine serving patients at Integrative Wellness, Grand Rapids. She graduated summa cum laude. Is that the right way to say it? Mm -hmm. Summa cum laude. Yes, <laughs> with a Master of Science in Acupuncture as the valedictorian of her class. And she is also a certified nutrition specialist. So welcome back. Yes, of course. It is Wait, always at what a joy. Point did you think you, you were saying it wrong? Two episodes ago. <laughs> you were doing great. I want to right. okay. help you. It was fun. Okay. I meant to ask Siri, but it just kept slipping my mind. <laughs> Thank you for yeah, asking. I, just, you know, I know they probably would want to know too. Like, hey, you've been saying it right. <laughs> Why now? I had questions. Every time I get to it on here, I'm like, hmm. So, but now. Because then you slow now it down when you say it too. So you make sure you get every syllable. You gotta enunciate. I do. She does. Make sure that I'm doing it right. You have to do it justice, because that thing was earned, right? <laughs> yes, it was. No social media will say something. Yes, yes, they will. Yep. Give me the whole uh, in the comments, comments, all of the things. Well, now that we know I'm saying it correctly, guys. Yes, let's welcome Dr. Denny back again. It's gonna be a great one today, guys. Today we are talking about blood sugar. Grab your notes. Your Pen, uh, pencil, a crayon, whatever you need to take notes, uh, go ahead and do that because it's going to be a great one. Yes. All right, Dr. Denny. Right. Well, would you like to start? Um, so, disclaimer, right? This is not medical advice that you should be taking as 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 canon, if you will, right? Definitely talk with your doctor in regards to blood sugar or. Uh, diet if you have questions, but today we're just going to talk about it, educate, because I don't think people truly understand what blood sugar is, ramifications of it, right, and why it's important to maintain stable blood sugar. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, uh, so in general, let's just start. Blood sugar is the main fuel that our body uses for energy, and so blood sugar is just that, glucose in the sugar, or excuse me, in the blood. And so you'll hear me refer to it both ways, right? But obviously we get blood sugar from food. There are certain foods that have more blood sugar. There are some that have less. I'm gonna read them off to you just so that you are kind of aware. So foods that contain high amounts of blood sugar, a lot of times high amounts of carbs is what you'll hear are referred to, are things like grains, some fruits like apples and bananas, uh, mangoes, some berries some dairy products, legumes like dried beans and lentils and peas, mm -hmm. um, snack foods obviously, right? So yeah. pastries and mm -hmm. pies and cookies no, and cakes, all of those things that most people enjoy besides myself. Mm -hmm. um, uh, one that people don't necessarily think about, juice, um, right? Juicing is a thing and everybody talks about how they go and drink their, their fruity juices, but you gotta be cognizant of the fact that 
that's uh, uh, an avenue for high for higher blood sugar, mm -hmm. basically, or higher containing sugar in the in the foods, yeah. and then also some starchy vegetables, so things like potatoes and corn and peas. Um, things that are lower in carbohydrates or in sugars are things like meat, so fish, poultry, mm -hmm. red meat, some dairy like uh, cheese, depending on the cheese, and then nuts and like nuts, seeds, oils, things like that. Okay. So it's just important to differentiate those, right, so that you understand why your blood sugar sugar may be fluctuating, why, you know, the cause or a factor that's contributing to high blood sugar or low blood sugar, depending on the person and what they're experiencing. So, like I said, in general, we get our fuel from sugar, mm -hmm. we eat food, our body breaks it down, the sugar goes into the bloodstream, right? Because that's the super, I call it the super highway of the body. It's the way for anything to be disseminated mm -hmm. wherever it needs to go, especially to our brain, because sugar is the main fuel for our brain. Um, but this is where it gets tricky, right? In a healthy person, there is a key that needs to be inserted in order to for the cells to pull in that blood sugar, mm -hmm. right? And that key is insulin. Insulin is a hormone secreted by the pancreas. And basically, again, like I said, it's the key that allows the cells to pull in the blood sugar. Okay. If you don't have that key, the door is locked and the blood sugar is not going to get into the cells. And that can cause issues down the line. And so we'll talk about that in a little bit. But in general, the way it works in a healthy person is you eat your, your sugar-containing foods, gets into the bloodstream, insulin is then secreted, it allows for the sugar to go into the cells, and then the cells are happy because now they have fuel, right? And they need fuel just like Anything else needs fuel in order to work, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> because I noticed that you said um, some of the high, high like high blood sugars include like fruit, like apples and mangoes and bananas and things. And I know that a lot of times when people are talking, it's like, well, there's good food and bad food. So the high sugar food must be bad food, but that's fruit. Are you going there? I'm not, getting... but I'm glad you asked. Okay, so okay. I'm nodding because I'm with you. Mm -hmm. So, right, it's all about, I don't like to say that there are good and bad foods mm -hmm. outside of some things like pastries and cakes <laughs> and cookies and candies, right? And it's still not bad, mm -hmm. but it's all about moderation like we talked about right, before, right? right? Mm -hmm. So in general, though, you just need to be cognizant of foods that have higher amounts of sugar mm -hmm. um, because if that's all you're eating, then you could potentially be spiking your blood sugar. And to get in, to kind of go back to what I was talking about in regards to the juice. So the beauty, the beautiful thing about the way that fruits are created is that they do have higher amounts of sugar, but they also have fiber. And we know that fiber is a binder and it holds things. And so if you're actually eating an apple versus juicing an apple, you have sugar that is bound to that fiber. Your body in the process of digestion has to break it down so that the sugar is freed from that fiber. This takes time versus drinking a glass of apple juice, which is literally sugar in water. There is no breakdown that needs to happen. It's just free sugar that's in the water, right? So you drink it, it immediately gets into your bloodstream, all of it. And then again, phew, your blood sugar goes high. Um, versus if you ate the fruit, takes time, so maybe a little bit here and there is gradually released. And so again, it doesn't necessarily spike your blood sugar, um, unless again, there's something else underlying going on, right, which right. we'll allude, or we'll talk about in a little bit. But nice. That makes so much sense, especially yep. remember years ago when people was uh, doing uh, the fasting. Yep, yep. You know, first of the year fasting and everything. 
everybody was juicing and smoothing and all that and there was some some concerns that came out of that even though there were still benefits but yes. there were still concerns that came from it yes and i will say i always tell my clients i'm not a juice person i would prefer that you do smoothie instead because the, the smoothie contains the fiber and again not saying don't enjoy juice. Mm-hmm. I just drank some lemonade, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I have like four ounces of lemonade, right? And mm-hmm. after this, I'm gonna go get some lunch. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Versus people drinking 32 ounces of straight, I don't know, fruit juice. Yeah. Right. That's just a lot of sugar. And so again, it's important to have somebody, a professional, who can help you kind of navigate all. But that's why we're talking about this. Yeah. Just so people have a little bit of an understanding of why it's important to consider your choices. And I'm glad that you mentioned fasting, Travis, because that's a thing, right? So there's another side of the coin in regards to physiology and blood sugar, right? So we've got insulin, which is a hormone. It's the key that allows the sugar to go inside of the cells. There's also another hormone that's called glucagon. And glucagon is a hormone that basically, in a fasting state, tells the body, hey, you need to release stored sugar because the blood sugar level is low. And we, again, need to keep it stable because our brain and the rest of our cells need that fuel. Right. So, again, this is why you need to talk to somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Because, honestly, fasting is not always good for everyone. Right. Um, and there are some people who, whose bodies can't handle fasting, especially people that just jumping intermittent fasting because they heard about it from somebody else. Or I lost weight doing intermittent fasting, so you should do it too. I fasted for 18 hours out of the day and then I only eat six and if that adds up to 24. But (laughs) I think it does. I don't do math anymore after all this school. Calculator is my friend. but, (laughs) (laughs) But you know, like for some people that is conceit or that is helpful for them. But for others, it's not. So again, definitely have a medical professional that you can talk to, but just know that there's more, you know, our bodies are so, um, there's just so many different things going on, right? And you want to make sure that the the choices that you make are best for you and are going to help you in the ways that you want to be helped, whether it's to lose weight or to gain muscle mass or to get fit or whatever. You want to make sure that the things that you're doing are going to help you achieve those goals instead of Blocking. Yeah, Things that you are doing. I hope y'all heard that. Y'all <laughs> I might have to rewind that part. <laughs> I feel like that's a trend that we it, always it talk is. about. We do. It, it is. It's so good. <laughs> that's why consistency yes. is so important. Yes. 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 So, um, yeah, so I mentioned all of that, right? We've got insulin, we've got glucagon. One thing I did want to explain, because people always ask about it, are ketones, right? So this is different from blood sugar. Ketones are actually a byproduct of a breakdown of fat that your body will use as storage in the case that blood sugar is not available or too low, right? And so we all hear about it with people that are on ketogenic diets. I got to get into ketosis. I got to get into ketosis. What does that mean? So again, the ketones are acids that are broken down from fat for energy, and depending on how long you're fasting determines how many or when ketones become the fuel source. So usually it's after about 11 to 12 hours of fasting, or 11 to 12, up to like 14 hours of fasting is when what we call mild ketosis occurs. And basically that's just your body starting to use ketones as um, fuel. And so this is what is desirable for people that have or that are on a ketogenic diet. However, you have to be careful. Um, 
this is more specific to people that have type 1 diabetes, but for people that have the, the, the setup of type 1 diabetes but don't necessarily know, like they haven't been diagnosed, this is another concern. So there's a, a complication of type 1 diabetes that is called uh, diabetic ketoacidosis. And basically what happens is, again, blood sugar regulation is completely wonky. And so the body starts using ketones as primary fuel. If it happens too fast, right, or too much, it'll build up all these ketones in the blood. Ketones are acidic compounds, and that starts to have ramifications on our body. And so I've got the list here of things because I want to, I, I want y'all to really get it. But things like uh, extreme thirst, frequent uh, urination, nausea, vomiting especially, um, fatigue, maybe stomach pain. The other uh, big uh, symptom is fruity smelling breath because oh, wow. they kind the ketones they break down and they have acetone in it and for some reason it makes our breath fruity smelling wow. so again all these things you just need to be cognizant of because right normally our breath doesn't smell fruity mm -hmm. <laughs> right. so exactly. you know i just think about well i'll explain this in a second but you know if you see somebody or you know somebody you know that generally their breath don't smell fruity mm -hmm. and they're starting to smell a little fruity and they may be complaining of these other things mm -hmm. it would be wise for you to just recommend that they check in doctor potentially urgent care or something okay depending on again how they're looking because if they're very lethargic and whatnot then that's getting towards an emergency sort of a situation mm -hmm. but if this goes unchecked totally you can go into a coma and it could be life wow. and so think about i always think about my cousin who was diagnosed with diabetes later in childhood type 1 diabetes mm -hmm. and he did not know right and so he actually fell into the coma and so, thank goodness, they were able to get into the hospital. They usually um, provide insulin to help regulate that okay. blood sugar and get that back as the primary kind of fuel. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, the people come out of the coma. Okay. So, just wanted to mention that, right? So, everybody that's running to do the ketogenic diet, again, please talk to somebody yeah. because it might not necessarily be the best option for you. Mm -hmm. And again, if you're, if you're in striving to improve your health, you want to do it the best way possible and not cause complications down the line. The best way. So, <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I've heard mm -hmm. clients have asked about certain uh, keto coaches who don't have no background, no nutritional training. Nothing. So, got to listen to the right people who actually went to school for this. So, that means you have to ask questions and make sure that the people that you are looking to you with this guidance for have the qualifications to actually do that um, don't just jump on the bandwagon because their social media looks amazing or they're posting before and after pictures or you know they're just sharing their story make sure that they have the receipts to back up what it is that they're saying before you give them not just your money but literally your life ask questions before you give them your money yes questions and check their website. If they are truly legit, they should have that information on there. Yes. <laughs> it should be somewhere. It should. Yes. Yes. There should be some it certificate should. hanging up somewhere. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Dr. Denny, you yeah. said something about the ketones and breaking down into acetones. Yeah. Like, immediately, of course, as a woman, I You're think. You're thinking the nail polish acetone. <laughs> like, is that the same chemical or is that something different? It is, but again, it's not a full, obviously, a bottle. Mm -hmm. worth of <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it is the same compound. Huh. Again, all of these things are innate. Well, a lot of these things are natural products, right? We just synthetically make them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
but our bodies do it too. So. They're amazing. Uh, it's amazing. Um, I hated studying physiology in school just because it was a lot, but it truly is a big part of my practice because if you don't understand what's going on, how can you help somebody get better, you know? Um, so, shout out to anatomy and physiology. <laughs> boom, boom, qualifications. <laughs> you hear that? Okay. <laughs> um, so, really quickly, I don't have much more. I just okay. wanted to share actually now about diabetes. Okay. Because um, I've talked about it a little bit and I just want to clarify so that, again, everybody understands what it's all about. Because all you hear about is diabetes and the sugar, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And yep. mm -hmm. maybe you hear a little bit about hemoglobin A1C, but you don't know what that is and what it means. And so, we're just going to talk about it briefly. So, awesome. Diabetes is a disease, and it basically is a disease that involves abnormally high blood sugar. Okay. And usually it's the result of your body's inability to either produce insulin or an inability of your cells to respond to the insulin. And so there are two types, but there actually are three, and there's actually more than that, but then we start going down the rabbit hole, and I don't want to bore y'all. <laughs> um, so type one I've already talked about, but let me explain what it is. So this usually is an earlier onset for, for children or for young adults, right? And it is an actual autoimmune condition where your body has destroyed the cells of the pancreas that create insulin. And so as a result, there's no insulin. So those are the people that are literally injecting themselves with insulin or yes. you may even see them have an insulin pump mm -hmm. because again, their body is unable to create it. And so... From a naturopathic perspective, you know, we always, we, we will acknowledge and say that sometimes you can reverse diabetes. Type 1 diabetes is harder to reverse. I don't even know necessarily if you can, mm -hmm. depending on how much damage has been done to the pancreas, right? So that's type 1. Then there's type 2 diabetes. And type 2 diabetes is kind of the more common diabetes that everybody hears about. can be a later onset in life, but this honestly is not an issue with the actual pancreas, it's an issue with the cells in the rest of the body. So like I said, insulin is the key that you need in order to have uh, blood sugar be absorbed into the cells. In the case of type 2 diabetes, the cells stop listening to the insulin. So I like to think of it like, la, 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 la. it's like, hey, there's sugar here, you want to get right. some? La, 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 la. Um, <laughs> and that actually is the first step before diabetes develops is what we call insulin resistance. So in my practice, I actually do kind of screen, but depending on the, on the client, I will recommend that we do some testing to, to see if insulin resistance is present. Because if it is, again, that's the first step. So let's catch it and see if we can reverse that change before you get into full-blown diabetes. Because initially with insulin resistance, it's just la la la, you know, I can still kind of hear. But with full-blown diabetes, it's almost like the ears was taken off completely. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? wow. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't have to hear what anybody has to say to me. <laughs> so that is that's how that's what type two diabetes is all about. And so eventually, depending on how how severe the the pathogenesis of the disease is in a person, mm -hmm. then they may too have to have insulin. Um, it just, again, depends on what's, what all is going on and what destruction, destruction has happened in the body. And then I just briefly want to mention there is type 3 diabetes, and this is more of a kind of a nickname, but it actually is a theory that some researchers have that um, Alzheimer's is actually related to elevated blood sugar. Um, 
and so we'll talk a little bit about what happens when blood sugar is elevated and all that but we'll i gotta get through all these terms first okay so um <laughs> the other term that i want to just um mentioned is the hemoglobin A1C. And yes. so this is a blood test, right? So besides blood sugar, which is testable, we all know people that have diabetes, especially type two, test their blood sugar on their finger. They test it periodically throughout the day. Again, to make sure that the levels are stable and that they're not dropping too low or they're not too high and cause issues. Mm -hmm. uh, hemoglobin A1C is a lab test that's done and it is a measure of the average of uh, the average blood sugar over the past three months. Oh, okay. Um, Interestingly enough, it also is a measure of how what, how glycated the red blood cells are. And glycation basically means stuck with sugar. So because there's so much sugar in the blood, again, if it's unchecked, eventually it kind of makes the blood thick and it will start to stick to those red blood cells. The red blood cells can kind of like, I don't know, stick together. And it's almost like if you imagine a roll of coins, you'll get like roll of coins blood cells all stuck together in the, in the blood, and obviously that's gonna cause issues. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and so, usually medical doctors are screening using hemoglobin A1C, in addition to blood sugar and maybe doing some other higher force, or not higher force, but other blood, um, blood tests to assess the blood sugar. Um, but just for, for people that like numbers, if your hemoglobin A1C is under five, that's normal. Or excuse me, 5.7, that's normal, and that's great. If it's between 5.6 and I think 6.4, that's considered pre-diabetes. And then if it's above 6.5, that's full-blown diabetes. Mm, so okay. just, again, it's so interesting um, how our bodies work. But coming back around to if you, if you ignore diabetes or if you're diagnosed and you don't decide you want to take your medicine, but you're also not doing anything else, right? Yeah. You're basically just letting diabetes become uncontrolled, you can have a lot of ramifications. And so these are called, um, in the medical field, we call it sequela, but basically complications that result from having too much um, sugar in your blood. And so we're getting, remember, I said a lot of times the cells can like stick together and form little rolls of coins. Mm -hmm. That totally is going to affect the way that blood flow happens, especially in the very small blood vessels. So those are the ones that are in our hands and finger, or our, our hands and our fingers, our feet and our toes, in our eyes, even in our gut, um, and our kidneys. Um, and so as a result, you can have complications with all of those organs if uh, diabetes and your blood sugar is uncontrolled. And so you have heard, I'm sure you've heard the term diabetic retinopathy. That's when, again, the blood vessels in the eyes are being damaged. And as a result, you're having visual changes. If you catch them early enough, it hopefully can be reversed. And, you know, your vision can be re uh, regained, if you will, but not always. You can totally have skin problems. So you a lot of times hear of uh, diabetics that have non-healing wounds. Yes. And that's because, again, and it's usually in the periphery, usually in your feet. Yes. Um, and that's because, number one, gravity makes blood pool. Um, it's thick, so it's hard for the body to pull it back up. But then you're not getting fl fresh blood down there. If you're not getting fresh blood, you're not getting fresh nutrients. You're not getting fresh platelets. You're not getting fresh red blood cells and immune cells that are helpful in repairing the skin. Um, also, I didn't even mention this, but small blood vessels in the heart, right? So as a result, you could have a heart attack, you could have 
stroke, high blood pressure, just all these ramifications of damaging the vessels that feed the heart or the vessels obviously that are throughout the rest of the body. Another really common side effect is something that's called peripheral neuropathy, which is again, damage to the nerves. And so this is when you have the nummy, tingly, pain, yeah. burning pain in your fingers, more so though in your toes, again, because of the distance and the gravity. Um, kidney dysfunction, very, uh, very common in the African-American community, um, specifically because we are more susceptible and at higher risk for diabetes. Um, uh, weakened immune system, so it can cause um, more infections or just an inability to deal with the infection yeah. and being sick longer, right? Yeah. Weirdly enough, depression is linked with, um, with diabetes. Not exactly sure the mechanism. If I thought about it, I thought we'd come up with something. But <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna leave it at that. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, um, like I said, the GI dysfunction. So usually it presents as like constipation or diarrhea, um, and also totally can be a result of the fact that you got all this blood sugar. Water follows solute from science class, and so you get all of this water that is drawn into the into the gut, and there's diarrhea. You don't have the fiber to, you know, counterbalance that water and kind of absorb. Um, so, just it is. So this is why it's so important to make sure that you are having yearly checkups, right, and that people are running blood or your doctors, excuse me, are running blood work and just assessing this. Um, there's a really simple blood test that's called a, cardi a comprehensive metabolic panel. Usually, it includes blood sugar. I usually require my clients to fast for that because I to see what their fasting blood sugar looks like but even if you don't fast that's a good first marker to look at to be able to see is my blood sugar elevated and if it is that doesn't necessarily mean you have diabetes it could just be yeah, issues with the regulation of blood sugar in the body so um questions about that y'all i do well i have a question about the comprehensive metabolic test mm -hmm. how often should someone get it or is it dependent on their own so usually yearly, right? Okay. But there are some people that may have specific situations where we want to check it more frequently. So not only does it look at blood sugar, but it kind of is like a nice uh, comprehensive panel that will give us um, information about how well the, the organs in our gut are functioning kind of outside of the digestive tract. So the liver, the gallbladder, um, the kidneys, um, electrolyte markers and stuff like that. So again, usually it's more of a, just a good screening yearly tool, but I'm thinking of a client that I have who has fatty liver disease, so we may run that more often, just to look at how his liver markers and his gallbladder markers are, are looking um, as a result, so. Okay, okay. Any other questions, guys? And that test, because I'm still hearing that. Yeah. So when, I guess, when should someone start to, is that more of a preventative thing? Is that a, oh, I'm feeling something, I should go get a test? Like, when should someone consider reaching out to get that test? So, honestly, it is usually more preventative. Okay. If people are going and getting their yearly physical, if they're doing blood work, they're usually running that, mm -hmm. typically. Um, that and maybe like a CBC, which looks at your blood, red blood cells and white blood cells and screens for anemia and things like that. Um, but it is something that is really cheap. So if your doctor hasn't run it and you want them to run it, you can totally ask them. Can't okay. guarantee they're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting. I was gonna say that's a thing. They can oh, say no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So a lot of times with my clients, like let's say for example, they get that run. They get the CBC run too. But we wanna, 
Well, you know, I'm feeling, feeling really depressed coming out of winter. Let's, let's check your vitamin D. And people will say, well, I want my PCP to run it. I'll say, okay, just go back and ask them. Mm -hmm. They'll go ask, and they'll be like, no, I don't think we need to run that for you. So we're not going to run it. Be like, that's okay, we can run it. Okay, yes. <laughs> Like, that's all right, we can run it. I have the ability, like, mm -hmm. but it is a thing, unfortunately. But I, I, I personally feel it's, it's your health. If you want the information, And then if they won't, like it's kind of finding a doctor who's willing to um, support you and do the things that you are concerned about in regards to your health. So, um, other questions, guys? Ooh. This last part, you might have questions. Also. Okay, because I'm like, no, I don't have any. I mean, I have like. You have, have questions. questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it's okay. It's okay. Okay, I'm interested. So this is all about exercise, and this is why I wanted to talk about this on the show. It's because you all are in the business of physical fitness and, and wellness. And so I just want people to understand that after hearing all of this, it is so important to keep your blood sugar regulated and stable, right? It's important for exercise because you can't exercise if your body doesn't have the fuel that it needs to, to do the exercise, right? And you know, people will push through or people will, I ate breakfast at 8 a.m. And now I'm coming to work out at 4 p.m. And I haven't had anything to eat beforehand. And yeah, maybe you might be able to push through, but your muscle recovery may be, um, may be lacking or maybe slow afterwards. Right. Or you might be in the middle of doing something and you realize, you know what, I feel like I should be able to do this. Like I was doing this last week. Right. Why, okay. why am I struggling with it today? Right. <laughs> <laughs> y'all listening <laughs> so right you hear people talk about pre and post workout drinks yeah. and I'm not even going there or, or snacks I'm not even going there today but the point is if you know you have to be cognizant if you haven't eaten don't go to the gym and try to work out alright so the, I just want to mention one last thing uh -huh. because it is applicable to people who um, to your clientele basically um, and so it is really important to make sure that you are exercising and for obvious reasons right but also in regards to blood sugar so there's research that shows that exercise actually will help lower blood sugar um, it actually will when you're actively exercising your it's interesting your cells kind of bypass that whole insulin key thing and it's like they just open up their doors and they pull in all of this sugar that is available because they need it in order to exercise right um, but there's also research that shows that it will actually sensitize your cells to that key. So in the analogy that I gave, if your cells are resistant to the insulin, they're not listening, they're doing la la la, that exercise will help pull that finger out the ear so that they can hear and so that they will respond back to the insulin and do what they're supposed to do. So it is important, that's another reason for you all to just keep in mind why you should be exercising. Um, because not only is it going to remodel your body, right, and help you be healthy, but it can totally help prevent and reverse changes that have resulted as um, because of blood sugar dysregulation, basically. Um, the other thing that I'd just like to share is that this is this improved glucose uptake and improved insulin sensitivity lasts up to 24 hours after the workout. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's important to be consistent with your workout so that you are consistently getting these mm -hmm. benefits. 
this is how you uh, this is how you reverse and make changes and improve your health. So how you reverse and make changes. I hope y'all heard that. And improve your health. Uh, and improve your health. Yeah. So you have the power to re- Wow. Yes. So yes. Yes, we do have the power. And it's it's totally about what we're doing on a regular basis. So um one thing I just want to, last thing I want to mention is that um, in regards to exercise, if you know that you are diabetic, it is probably wise to test your blood sugar before mm-hmm. and after your workout, just to make sure that it's stable and where your doctors want it to be, again, to prevent the sequela or the complications of having diabetes um, from occurring. So, to exercise, that's the, the key. Okay. Did you hear? Because we didn't say it. We didn't say it, right? Doctor. Exercise. <laughs> and she gave you science behind why it is valuable to your health and to your life. Okay? Oh my goodness. This is good. This is so good. Guys, go ahead and rewatch it if you need to. If you're like, this is so good, I need to rewatch. Stop. Take some notes. Play. Stop. Take some notes. Play. Go ahead and do that as well because it is so many good nuggets in here um, that just help you advocate for your own health and make some educated and empowered decisions just around how you're living your life, around your healthcare practitioner, that that relationship and like how you're advocating for yourself, what questions you might need to be asking, all that good stuff. All right. Okay. All right. So Dr. Denny, is there anything that you would like to leave the viewers or the listeners with? Just be consistent, y'all. Right? Health is multifactorial. There's so many different um, ways, different inputs that affect our health. So if you're eating good, be consistent doing that. It's okay to fall off a little bit. Just get back on the horse. If you're exercising and you got to go on vacation for a week, that's great. And when you come back, you get back in the gym, right? It's all about the consistency. I truly believe the more consistent you are, um, the more, the more gains you'll see in anything that you are striving to achieve. So, so good. So good. Consistency. You guys hear that word? It's a thread that's been happening throughout the year. Just consistency. When we're working on uh, not doing the stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start all the time. That's consistent. But let's try to just start and stay a little while. Yes. Okay? And then if you stop and that's okay, just start again. But then stay for a little while. Okay? Right, all right. Yes. Where where can people find you if they want to um, just learn more about what you do or perhaps connect with your services? Where should they go? So I just launched my website. It is drcarryandd.com. <laughs> That's D-R-C-A-R-R-I-E-N-D.com. And you can also find me on social media. It's linked on that website, but you can find me on social media at cdenny, N-D-D-E-N-N-I-E-N-D.com, or at whatever. Also, also, you can always visit me at my practice website too, but honestly, my personal website has all of that information. So just go there. Beautiful, beautiful. And if people are, do you see people outside of Michigan or just in Michigan? How does that work? So prior to, or once COVID was kind of wild, 
telehealth laws were a little bit more fluid and open, and so we could see people from anywhere. So it kind of depends on where you're living. I do see people in Michigan, all over the place, and then outside of Michigan too. Um, so I would just say if you are interested, please go to my website or to the practice website. We offer a, a complimentary 15-minute Q&A session, and that's where you can just ask all your questions. You can tell me where you live. You can ask me about whatever. Nice. I'll give you my little <laughs> spiel, right? And then that way you have informed um, you can make a better informed decision about if this is the right step for you or, you know, what have you. And if for some reason I can't help you because you live in a state where the laws are stricter, I will definitely help you find somebody that is available to you either in the state or closer somehow. So. Awesome. 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 Guys, this was amazing, right? So many nuggets, so much gold. Make sure you are taking some notes and actually go ahead and share it with somebody that you think it may be helpful or beneficial um go ahead pull out your contacts and your, your text messages and just a little link just share a little link okay share a little link um, and your contact your rope rolodex your rolodex. Your rolodex. Yeah, something like that just, yeah. just, just somebody out there probably still got a rolodex they do they probably have an app for that at this point <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness guys share uh subscribe like Go over to Dr. Denny's socials and yes. her website. Please Check her do. out. Um, go ahead and follow us at Life Ethics Studio um, on all social platforms. You can visit our website, lifeethicsstudio.com, for more information about what we offer oh, as yeah. well. Our website might be out there. It is about to get, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Yes. 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 Right. <laughs> Did your lips shake a little? I can't do that. It's okay. All right, guys. This was amazing and a lot of fun. We will see you guys next time. Have a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Don't forget to subscribe.